11 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. The Gray Man, recorded January 27th, 2019. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show, based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and computer geek. I got into preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I'm co-host of the show. I live on Vancouver Island on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, target shooter, reloader, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm also currently not acting like a gray man by judging by my outfit. My professional background has allowed me to explore every province and territory in Canada. It has also taught me to adapt to unexpected situations and also reminds me daily that learning never ends. Uh, I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd with Just Cause. Uh, my background is a first responder. Uh, it helped me develop a mind for safety. Currently, I teach first aid. I coach my family and friends to be better prepared. Uh, locksmith by trade. I like to fix things and dig deeper into how stuff works. Uh, I work in the physical security industry for uh, a little more than 20 years now. All right. We've got some great content for you in this episode. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to start off with some news articles relating to preparedness in the outdoors. Next, we'll be letting you know how we've improved our preparedness since the last episode. Then we'll get into the main topic of the episode. It involves maintaining operational security, or OPSEC. Oh, All right. News articles. All right, so I put in a news article here for the first one. A, uh, a Manitoba pilot, he uh, got rescued off of a lake with uh, no food on him. He basically uh, went, uh, I guess, to meet up with a few friends with a small fly-in uh, lake idea. And he ended up uh, stopping for a bathroom break couldn't get his airplane restarted and sat there for 36 hours on a frozen lake. So the problem is he had no food with him, no water, uh, not even means to melt water or anything else. So on top of costing taxpayers a huge amount of dollars to send search and rescue crews, he also managed to completely fail at any sort of preparedness. Nothing at all with him. Well, if you're, you're going to fail, you might as well fall, fail all the way. Well, it was very interesting. I mean, the fact that the guy had basically one cup of trail mix with him and then not even like a MSR kind of like, you know, like a, one of those mountain equipment co-op kind of mini stoves to melt anything or cook anything. And, you know, normally when these, these guys are in these small planes, you think they'd be better equipped. But hey, you'd think. Anyway, so that's a what not to do article. <laughs> I remember working in a working in a in a remote location that was fly in, fly out, and my safety briefing was: here's how the door works, and there's a survival kit in the wing. And uh, I, I said, "What's in the survival kit?" And they said, "I don't know. We've never opened it." Um, but there's 400 million acres of forest below you, and hopefully, we never we never have to see them. Yeah. All right then. Uh, I've got a news article here from the CBC. Uh, CBC being very timely as usual. They decided to publish this after our last episode with uh, Ham Radio. Uh, It's actually an article uh, in regards to Ham Radio. Uh, It's uh, titled, It's Not Just a Hobby. In a Crisis, Amateur Operators Provide a Lifeline. And to get into uh, amateur radio uh, was around for nearly a century before the internet. uh, And to this day is the only form of communication that does not depend on a network. Uh, even in a world of smartphones, Facebook, and texting, ham radio still holds a mystique for many people. Uh, more than 2 million people around the world still use the technology. Of the estimated 40,000 users in Canada, as many as 1,500 live in Newfoundland and Labrador. The, uh, the article is actually based out of that area. And uh, the amateur radio user uh, can connect with anyone practically around the world. 
the only countries that do not allow amateur radio operators are North Korea and Yemen. So I found that kind of interesting. Well, they don't North want Korea doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't Yemen, want Yemen I find a little shocking. Yeah. They probably just don't want to be comparing notes, I guess, between what uh, what they've been told and what the reality is, I guess. <laughs> Most likely it's, yeah. <laughs> you can't control the narrative if you can't control the media. Yeah, this is true. All right. Uh, Alan, did you read uh, those other articles as well? Um, actually, I was just watching. I just watched an interview a few moments ago uh, in 60 Minutes with Howard Schultz. I found it really interesting that he's decided uh, he's the former CEO of Starbucks. He's decided to run for president of the U.S. as independent. Uh, I think that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna uh, shake up the election cycle a little bit there with that with that coming up in the future. I think the. Uh, um, the standard two-party system may may end up seeing a uh, a real contender in a in an, in an independent vote. So yeah, well, I found that really interesting. I guess he wouldn't be the first billionaire to uh, to run for office. That's for sure. Nope. Sure wouldn't. But <laughs> running as an independent, I found really interesting. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, yeah. Different. I think Ross Perot gave it a try back in the '80s and a couple other ones. But yeah, they certainly they they throw something into the mix for sure. We'll just politely ignore the fact that I'm drinking from a Starbucks mug at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Those those two things are totally disassociated. Yeah. So we uh, we also had a coup in Venezuela this last week. So basically, uh, in continuing with the economic meltdown in Venezuela and people starving and everything else, they uh, they finally had enough, or at least some of them did, and they put one of the uh, opposition leaders in as a interim president, which the U.S. immediately recognized. Uh, problem is, is that the Russians and the Chinese. Kind of went the other way and we started backing Maduro, so I'm sure we'll be seeing further developments there for sure. But I threw in the notes for that, the show notes. And then the other one, just a quick note here, guys, is everybody's in Davos right now. All the world leaders are pretty much done, I think, now. But um, the first thing that started off with that meeting was uh, Christine Lagarde, the head of the IMF, was warning of a global slowdown. So I guess if the head of the IMF is saying that we're going to have a depression or a recession, I guess we should probably pay attention to that one. Probably be something to, to perk up to and listen to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're about we're about due for it. Somebody was saying, I don't know. I was reading it a couple of weeks back that uh, we go through these cycles and we're we're a couple of years overdue for uh, slowdown. So, not surprising, but definitely something to be aware of and be prepared for. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's usually an eight-year cycle. Like I said, we're into about year eleven now, so that's uh, yeah. definitely overdue. Maybe, maybe it was you that was telling me that, and I just didn't remember. Ah, could be. <laughs> so maybe we'll move into uh, what we've done lately for preps. Yeah, sounds good. So for uh, myself, oh. got out uh, on the lake and uh, learned how to do some ice fishing. Been uh, trying to do that for for quite a quite a while, and finally uh, found a buddy of mine that was going out. So tagged along and didn't get anything. Same as summer fishing is what I found pretty much. Uh, but the good part was, or not so great part, but the good part at the same time was I got to test a little bit of my preps because uh, we were ready for a little bit of snow squall, but the uh, the snow squall stayed. And uh, when it was time to come back in the shore, it was uh, pretty much just a blanket of white. So uh, I had to pull out the, uh, the GPS navigation unit there and uh, map our way back to shore um, without being able to see it for quite some distance. So it works. We got back because uh, I'm here recording the show. So How much uh, did you guys drive out in the lake or just walk out? No, we hoofed it. So we were walking. Oh wow! So it was okay. a couple, a couple kilometers out on the lake, and we couldn't see, we couldn't see shore at all. From uh, we'd only see maybe about twenty-five meters or so from uh, just standing out in the water or on the ice. And how thick was that ice to walk on? Uh, it was a couple feet, about a foot, oh. foot and a half or so. Yeah, it, it was good and thick. 
it, oh, wow, uh, it okay. was fun to auger through. So, <laughs> yeah. no, that's that's excellent. I mean, because yeah, it depends on how much you have is what you can either walk or drive on it and everything yeah. else, of course, right? So, yeah, we, we could have driven out on it if we wanted, but um, the access point that we have is all barred off, so we could only uh, walk around it. So, we weren't going to drive out, and it's a little bit hilly the, to get down to the, the lake as well. So, we just hoofed it out and then walked out to the uh, out to the shack there. We could have taken the sled, I guess. We realized that after we got out there, I'm like, I should have brought the sled with me. But, <laughs> what do you do? It's, the, it's yeah. the first time, and you live, you learn, and next time you'll take the slip with you. It makes good sense. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. It was a good work. I had, uh, we didn't have to go to the gym, anyway. <laughs> uh, I had a fairly busy week. I, um, I'm building, a, building an office for myself, um, so the only thing that I did to make my make my preps better was I took all my important files and papers, put them in a little box so I can grab and go uh, should, I need to, uh, should I need to leave quickly. Um, fortunately, my, my office area is by the back door, so that puts everything right there, and I can just grab it and take it with me. That's good. So just like uh, all all the uh, marriage certificates, birth certificates, all that type of things, or like yep. just all uh, yeah. And so I, I do have copies of all of those on a on a flash drive, and uh, which, which doesn't live in the room. But um, yeah, the insurance documents, the passports, all the all the stuff that would be difficult to replace or inconvenient to replace, um, should you know the house burn down, for example, uh, I can just grab all that, throw it in the back of my car on the on the way out the door. Cool. Well, for myself, uh, I'm still cleaning up from that big storm. Uh, well, basically, I've been at work for the most part. Uh, but in my few days off that I've had since the last podcast, it's uh, it's basically just a clean up of the downed trees, um, just basically a resupply of all the major food uh, hopper bins for all the chicken coops, just to make sure they're all topped in, but we keep our food supply as high as we can. Um, prepped some uh, 357 and 308 brass, uh, planning an upcoming busy summer shooting season. Um, Basically, I got wind of a podcast or charity shoot happening in Alberta this year. So I guess it's time to pull up my socks and get busy with that and start uh, getting my, my practice back up. Um, and then also, uh, my, I'm personally on my summer vacation. It's not very timely, but it is what it is. So I got a few weeks off, so I should be able to catch up on a bunch of preps now. Well, I'm talking snow squalls and you're talking summer vacation. That's just a summer for my work. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I woke, I woke up to about uh, nine inches of snow in my car this morning on the, on the way I was teaching a class and, uh, uh, nine inches of snow, and there we go. And instead of, uh, instead of being out on the coast relaxing, I got the shovel. Huh? Is what it is. I'm, wow. I'm a little jealous. Again. That's, that's kind of where I'm going with that. Well, I mean, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, we kind of need the rain for the, the dry season that comes up, but it's actually been extraordinarily dry and warm. So we're getting a little bit worried now that it might be a really stupid fire season. So it, oh, yeah. uh, it could, could be very interesting because I don't think we've had rain in the last two weeks either. And it's uh, been about plus seven or nine or like somewhere around there every day. So it's it's actually not good. It should be cooler and wetter than that. Well, that could be an interesting uh, an interesting topic to discuss as well. If you live in a fire area, that would, do, that would make a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Man, talking weather and uh, and um, temperatures and such, we had quite the uh, fluctuation here. We went from with the wind chill about minus thirty to about plus four in in the span of about two or three days, and then back to about minus thirteen, fourteen the last day or so. It's been uh, it's been crazy. Welcome to Ontario, where you go from heat to AC sometimes in the same day. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, move into the main topic of the show, sometimes referred to as the Gray Man Theory. So uh, we'll start off with uh, the irony of discussing this online using our real names. Certainly not lost on us. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea that this is my real name. <laughs> or are they our real names? Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly it's this is 
more than ironic with us t- talking about this, but I mean, it's not just about, you know, being completely anonymous. I think it's more about like just keeping a low profile than anything else. The NRA hat's helping. Well, exactly. This is, this is going to come to my point in a few, a few point notes down the road here. So, <laughs> so for the, uh, the newbies out there, what do we mean by the gray man? Uh, not noticeable or memorable, something that you're just going to kind of mix in with a crowd. You're not going to stand out. Somebody's not going to remember two or three days from now. Oh yeah. I remember, uh, I remember that guy walking around with the, uh, the NRA hat on. Yeah. He had all that equipment on his backpack and the camo vest and the big knife on his hip and yep. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, what do we mean by uh, operational security or OPSEC? I mean, there is an old World War II expression about loose lips sink ships. So, I mean, uh, everything from just keeping your your mouth shut as best you can, not giving away too much information. Uh, As a prime example of operational security, for example, back in the Gulf War, um, they used to have embedded reporters in all these military units. And before a big action, they take all the reporters and they put them in. Uh, to a tent and basically lock them in there. They tell them what's going on, but they wouldn't allow them to contact their their news operations and uh, their news outlets until after the military action had been completed because they wanted to maintain operational security. So it's kind of like that's a grand scale, but we could take it down to a smaller scale for us and just to make sure that, you know, you try not to let too much information slip to unwanted ears, I guess. Knowing, knowing where your resources are is important, but also not having everybody know that you can be a resource. Uh, I think that's probably part of the part of being a great man is, is not having too many people show up at your door and say, we want what you have. Well, for sure. I mean, at the very least, if you're sitting there bragging about how much food you got stored and how many tools and toys and everything else you got at your house, I mean, you're basically putting a big target on your property for theft or unwanted visitors, like you mentioned, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, at the time, it's it's great to talk about and discuss it. But uh, as soon as, uh, you know, something hits the fan there and everybody's left out and they don't have plans, they don't have preps, they will remember you talking about it. And uh, next thing you know, they're knocking at the door asking for asking for help. Well, it's the old yeah. story of two, two guys walking through the woods and they start being, they're, they're being chased by a bear and they, they start running and the two of them are running side by side and the one says, do you think we can outrun him? And the, the second man says, I'm not trying to outrun him, I'm trying to outrun you. It's exactly, it's exactly the same concept. I don't necessarily need to do all those preparations if I just if I know where to go and get and take your things. That's a right. good point. Yeah, it's for sure. So, I mean, even being in, as far as a gray man goes in the crowd, you don't want to be singled out. So, like, again, it's a prop show today. So, be, you know, if you pointed out the guy wearing the NRA hat, the, the camo vest, you're not hard to find. Same thing on your vehicle. If you have, like, the Browning buck mark on the back of your truck or anything that says, you know, like, um, from my cold dead hands or anything else for a bumper sticker. I mean, yeah, you're going to, you're obviously making yourself unique amongst many, I guess, for my term. Even a bright yellow car doesn't help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's uh, actually a good video. I'll link it in the, the show notes. There's a, a video on YouTube. Uh, it's titled American Blackout. Uh, it's by National uh, Geographic, and it's the, the full movie on YouTube. And it uh, I watched it the other day. It's actually something we discussed at the uh, Simcoe Preparedness Group meeting that I was at on Sunday. And um, it goes into uh, a blackout happening, and there's a, a family that's prepared. They have all their gear. They have a, a bug-out location and a bunker. And when they get there, a couple of days go by and everything's fine. But then all of a sudden the neighbors start to come by and they start to ask for supplies because they realize that these guys have supplies and they have equipment and they have the means to, to get by. And it slowly gets worse and worse and worse. And it actually, it portrays things quite well. So I'll, uh, I'll put the show, the, uh, the link in the show notes so people can watch it. And maybe it'll uh, be a good visual for people to, to see maybe kind of what we're talking about. 
Except for the last, except for the last ten seconds when the uh, the boy's cell phone starts ringing in the big standoff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure after a couple of weeks of blackout, his cell phone would have been long dead. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was a good way to end the movie. Anyways, I think they were getting to the point where they gotta they gotta put her to an end. Yeah, they gotta do something for sure. I mean, I think uh, I think Alan put in these notes as well. Uh, but yeah, to start by knowing your goal when it comes to being a gray man is you know uh, I guess for most people it's such a big bit nebulous topic. You got to start somewhere. So uh, you want to cover that one off, Alan? Sure. Um, I mean, it's knowing, knowing your goal in, in general. Like I, you know, I live out, outside of a, outside of a fairly large city, but I work in the middle of the city. So my goal is to get home. Uh, if my goal is to get home, then my goal is to get home without being noticed that I'm going somewhere in the event of an emergency. Because people who are going somewhere usually know something. And if you look like you know something, then chances are somebody's going to follow you because it's easier than getting those themselves. So if my, you know, jacked up four by four truck is suddenly, you know, driving up on the sidewalk to get around a traffic jam, then chances are good. I know what I know something and I'm going somewhere that somebody else doesn't know. So blend in, know your goal of getting someplace. And then how do you, how do you go with the flow while still accomplishing your goal? I guess that's probably the biggest, the biggest challenge of being a gray man, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I well, the reason, of course, I'm wearing this this god awful hat is uh, it's uh, not that I have a problem with the NRA, but I'm just it's what is your thing? What do your things actually tell people? So when you wear a hat like this, I mean, you might as well scream gun owner, um, whether it be out and about in public on an everyday basis, and people pay attention to your truck. Maybe they'll break into your truck to get either your house address or just to see what's in your truck to see if there's maybe something worth stealing. Um, it's certainly just a dead giveaway and especially during an emergency you don't want to wear something like this that just gives away too much information absolutely um yeah i mean and it's it starts with it starts with uh like you said loose lip, loose lip sink ships if um you know if you're at work and you say oh hey, i've got to get home because uh i need to start up my generator and you know get to where my get to where my water and food supply is um that's that starts the chain of well i'm going to i'm going to follow uh, i'm going to ian's house because that's where the good stuff is and then i don't have to think about it for myself absolutely well we talked about the uh, the molly uh, webbing on the uh, the backpacks and everything else as well because during the uh the layover kit that I had for uh, one of my hotel uh, trips is that, you know, it, it's in a backpack with Molly straps. So, you know, when I'm traveling on the airplane, it's like, it, it is kind of a giveaway. So I should, probably should have gone with a Swiss gear because it's more of a commonly available backpack. Sure. Yeah. You mix in a little bit more than two, right? For sure. One thing and not standing out, the, the, the people that stand out good or bad are the ones that are the ones that get the attention. Uh, yeah. I suppose that, that works in your everyday life, not just, not just an emergency situation, but, um, absolutely. I, you know, the, if, if you're the, if you're the guy that has the, the, the shiny kit syndrome and, and, and everything you've got is, you know, sleek black says tactical or ballistic on it. And you've got Molly webbing and 15 cargo pockets on every pair of pants. Then you're the, you're the guy to follow when things go south. You're the guy everybody remembers too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, where I live, I mean, this is kind of a dinner jacket more than anything else. But uh, <laughs> if I'm in uh, if I'm in Toronto, I mean, uh, this is going to stick out like a sore thumb, right? I mean, you just yep. you got to dress appropriately, right? In the exact Absolutely. same way that wearing a wearing a, a, a three piece a three piece suit and polished shoes in rural Alberta might might stand out in a small town in Alberta might stand out more than somebody wearing you know jeans and a t shirt and a camel vest. Well, especially if you're wearing a suit, if you're wearing a suit in the country in Alberta, they might think you're a politician, in which case you're in immediate danger. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Anyways, so like, uh, well, you mentioned the, the jacked up pickup truck too, right? Like, if it's a, if it's a jacked up truck and you, you know you're in the middle of town or whatever, it's uh, you know, obviously it screams I'm preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Versus if you're in the middle of a of a hunting scenario, it's like, well, that's appropriate equipment. You know, it's, it totally makes sense. Exactly. So being adaptable, especially being adaptable to your surroundings, makes good sense. And you know, if you've got if you if you are a hunter and you need that, you know, you need that big four by four pickup truck to go off road to to bring your uh, bring your harvest home. That makes good sense, and it's a good thing to do. Doesn't necessarily mean that should be your your everyday driver as well. If you if you work downtown in an office building, you should also refrain from putting the zombie bumper stickers on it. Yes, the uh, those uh, I think I've seen a few of those around a few of those around town. Is the uh, the zombie zombie apocalypse response team or something? Zombie outbreak yep. response team. Yep. That that screams I'm I'm ready for this. I'm willing to participate. And while it's great to while it's great to have fun with that, it's uh, it's a great way to attract attention when. Uh, when things go badly as well. So I think we made a note there to, you know, keep a low profile and dress as plainly as possible. So like versus, versus the camo vest, I think we're much better off with the plain black shirt. Um, if it came down to it, you go shave off the facial hair or anything to make yourself a little more uniform and everything you can, else. You can have that mirror for my cold dead hands. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but you can't put that in a bumper sticker though. Come on. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a podcast bumper sticker. Right. <laughs> Take my beard. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I mean, obviously, it's uh, if you if you really needed to dress as plain as can be, you can certainly take a look in the mirror and see how you can uh, can uniform things a little bit to make uh, make sure you're more like a common common dude than anything else. Uh, absolutely, and and even having a change having a change of clothes is always a great idea, uh, but make sure that it's it's te- it's it's tailored towards towards your environment. If your if if your change of clothes is a you know is your is your animal hunting gear, it might be great to keep you warm, but it's also going to make you stand out if you're in the middle of, if you're. I don't know. So even even tailoring your kit to make sure that you're you're going to blend in in all situations is a good idea. Well, you had a really good point about the shoes. What was that again? Most people don't change their shoes. Uh, when I worked in security, many, many years ago, I, I worked in loss prevention. And one of the things that we were taught over and over again was people change their shirt, people change their jackets, they'll put on a hat, they'll shave their face. But very few people change their shoes. So if you pay attention to the shoes, you, you, you're more likely to, to find to find somebody that has, that, has tried, that is trying to evade detection. Uh, so having a having a, a change of shoes is a great to keep your keep your profile low for sure um interestingly enough yeah i think i put this one in there it's like you know try not to rant too much on political forums or facebook dear lord facebook and uh you know like and certainly to remember if it's on the internet it's there forever so be care very careful what you're posting because if you draw attention to yourself it's there forever and just like we talked about i think a couple episodes again you know don't join protests if you can help it because there's nothing to be gained from it for your personal uh, well-being and uh, again if you know if you can try and help it try not to be a, a shit magnet for like fair term (laughs) (laughs) you know what you don't want to gain the regular attention of the police because let's face it i mean like as soon as they know you and and you're a problem child uh the minute something goes wrong if they say well hey that sounds just like ian we should get over to his place and i bet you he's the one that stole that generator so that's that's exactly what happened to stephen truscott uh many many years ago he was from the uh the clinton ontario area uh one of his classes murdered and because he was known to the police and because he couldn't account for his whereabouts at the time he was actually sentenced to hang for her murder uh last minute he got a he got a reprieve and was eventually found uh, not guilty of the crime but it took him 30 years and only because 
the police knew to look for a troublemaker and his name was the first one that came up uh what was that line was it from casablanca uh go round up the usual suspects that's right you don't want to be one of the usual suspects <laughs> no no absolutely there's uh, been lots of movies about the usual suspects for sure um <laughs> Yeah, so I was going to say, like, you know, like, if you look, well, speaking of other movies, too, I mean, I think it's that Jack Reacher movie with Tom Cruise where he's basically running, running around paying cash and uh, just, you know, if he needs a jacket, he goes to Goodwill, uses it, then throws it away at the end of the movie and everything else. <laughs> I, I don't think we're advocating people doing that, per se, but there is a financial aspect of, of being a gray man. Like, if you want to if you want to keep a low prof- profile, there is a, you know, a prepaid visa option using cash for purposes uh cash for purchases and uh you know even for regular purchases and then under the table if you want to like either avoid tax barter i'm not saying i'm not saying avoid tax for an legal purpose but i'm just saying but uh you know you just all, all want to make it as low profile as you can so i mean uh if you want to barter for something there's nothing wrong with that as well and uh just keep in mind that you know obviously you don't want to be the guy that's running around screaming barter 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 all the time but you know it, it can certainly work. And we dare were, I mention uh, cryptocurrency? <laughs> yeah. Cryptocurrency? I, I hadn't even thought of that one, actually. You know, there you go. So, I mean, assuming that it holds its value, I mean, certainly that's something they that can use to make purchases with a, with a relatively low profile, I think. Yep. Absolutely low profile. Completely anonymous. Well, yeah. For the I mean, most I part. They, there, there's certain points where it can be picked up, but if you do it right. Yeah. I think they'd work really hard up. to figure out who owns the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. We we're kind of talking before the show about the uh, the, the illusion of privacy. Uh, you, you know, you can be you can you can try and be as anonymous as possible, but in the end, somebody is always listening. So uh, if you you know if you've got credit card purchases, uh, eventually somebody somebody will get access to that, and somebody will be able to somebody will take a look and see that oh yeah that that person has been making off very specific purchases at camping stores at. Um, of particular online retailers that sell preparedness gear, Eric, uh, at, uh, <laughs> um, at you know at the at the gun store they've been they've been making those purchases. Uh, you know, we, here in Canada especially, we every every time that we buy guns and ammo that gets logged and registered. So your name shows up on that list if you've come, if you've gone through the appropriate channel. So it's it's one of those things to to be keenly aware of that somebody does have access to that information no matter what. Well, I think as soon as you're, you're a pal owner, you're on a list, no matter what. But I think we really got before before the show. I mean, uh, you're getting daily criminal record checks as a pal holder, so I mean that's something to begin with. But also, I think uh, you know if you, if you only think that Siri or or well, the other ones Alexa, they're only listing when you say "Hey Alexa" or "Hey Siri." I mean, you're obviously mistaken there. So obviously, if you want to maintain some sort of opsec, you maybe just be cognizant of who's actually listing at all times, like you know, with oh, some other dog. But uh, there's, there's always somebody listing, right? Whether it be just a cell phone or whatever have you i think uh what was his name there snowden told us about that one too right oh yeah he did oh that happened we were just talking about that before the show my uh, my google home went off and i as, as i was demonstrating it to you i was, I was demonstrating that the concept to you guys we were talking about it and then the thing went off beside me and wouldn't shut up until i unplugged it i'm still not convinced it's not listening to me but <laughs> at least it's unplugged and not talking back at this point yeah it's only on battery power now so it's fine they can only listen half the time so we're talking about carrying the suit of the preps. Who who put that in there? Oh wait, what did I say? I think I wrote that. Um, sorry, go back to the notes. Um, carry through your preps. So uh, not ta- not talking about it too loudly. We we just we discussed that, but then also not making it too obvious when you're when you have people at home. Um, if you're if you're the if you're the person that has a uh, that has a bug out vehicle and it's this big 
back to that big jacked up truck that's going to go that's going to start driving over zombies in the road uh that's probably a good thing to have but it also attracts a lot of attention on the on the on the road and in the driveway um so if you're if you're carrying that through to your preps then maybe keep 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 those at a low profile keep those hidden keep them tucked away um make them make them less than obvious that you that you are a well-prepared house up to and including when the power goes out if yours if yours is the only house on the on the street that has its lights on then you're going to attract more attention no, for sure. Absolutely. Even if it came down to just uh, putting a, a better muffler on your, some of your generators just to keep a lower profile, you know, it doesn't have to be a beacon for the, you know, the, the two miles around your house that you're running a generator. And then exactly. also maintaining what lights you do turn on and what lights you, you turn off when the generator's going. Well, that's true. I mean, there's they had blackout curtains during the last war too. Where, you know, it's something to think about as well, right? Yeah, maybe you don't want to have all the lights on the exterior of your house on and, and illuminated while everybody else sits in darkness, right? A little bit of a beacon. Exactly. <laughs> Bound to breed resentment at the very least, if not outright begging, right? So absolutely, yeah. I, in, unless of unless of course everybody everybody in the neighborhood is is banding together, in which case you've got a, you've got a lot of people that will security rather than hinder it. But you have to have everybody on board. And you would hope that they all help. They, there might be the one that decides not to. Yeah, exactly. But, so what's this uh, Britain blackout one that we had in the show notes? Uh, so that is another rendition. Um, so it's kind of the view from the American versus the American uh, blackout. So it's uh, another video that uh, you can watch if you want. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Cool. So wait, an American an American filmmaker took a British took a British concept and made it their own. Is that the first time that's ever happened in history? <laughs> yeah. Huh. The, hey, the Office and a few other ones. Yeah. 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 Strange. Yeah. If you really want to go old school, it was even Three's Company was a was a rip off as well. Ah. Um, House of Cards was originally a British show. It's, it's it's been it's been done once or twice before. Yeah. I kind of got to wonder what they'd be defending their bunker with in Britain. I mean, they're not even allowed zombie knives or let alone firearms or swords or anything else. I mean, they're, I think they're they're limited to a two-inch blade or something now. Yes, because Sharp, rules are always sharpens, followed. Sharpens sticks and stern locks. That's right. Stop or I'll say stop again. <laughs> oh, boy. Bring on the hate I will hurl insults in your general direction. <laughs> That's right. Well, there's a cow on the catapult. Never thought about that one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So this we'll, is how we're going to get our hate mail, guys. Yes, that's uh, what I just said. Bring on the hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So if you want to email the show, you can email us at feedback at uh, prepperpodcast.ca. <laughs> uh, so I think we got anything else we need to cover off. I mean, basically, I think we're just t- talking about keeping a low profile, not standing out, and, uh, you know, just be careful with what, what you're telling everybody more than anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, the big ones. Yeah, like you said, not standing out, not wearing all that equipment that that makes you look like you're you're ready for anything that's coming your way, and 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 the big one, keeping the low profile with um, with people around you, with social media especially, not not putting it out there and advertising the fact that you're you know you're ready for absolutely everything. That's kind of the key points we're trying to get out with this uh, this episode. Yeah, I guess it brings us to the podcast challenge. Believe it does. All right. So uh, I'll completely optional. I'm not telling the listeners they have to do it, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe just take a, a look inwards and say, uh, maybe you should think about removing all the uh, memorable or easily recognized insignia from your car. So we talked about the Browning Buckmark. Uh, maybe it's even an NRA logo or whatever have you. Um, maybe just think about reducing your social media profile as far as like, you know, maybe uh, 
in your profile description, maybe just don't put, you know, proud gun owner or something like that. Uh, and, maybe, <laughs> and then the I last one a was, lot on Instagram. Yeah. And then the last one, of course, like I mentioned with a hat at the beginning, take a hard look at your wardrobe and what it tells people and maybe just uh, do what you feel is most beneficial to your personal long-term preparedness goals. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe you're happy with it. Maybe, maybe if you need to kind of re and re uh, a few things on your car or whatever have you just uh, to maybe increase your operational security. I suppose that's a prep I did this week then is I, uh, I had the muffler finally repaired on my car and it no longer sounds like I'm like I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to attract attention on the way down the road. There you go. Well, no more street racing for you. Nope. <laughs> in, in my in my sensible family sized SUV with the EcoBoost engine. Very nice. At least you're being fuel efficient. <laughs> so, if you so, the, uh, <laughs> so if you do get the uh, podcast challenge completed there, shoot us an email, let us know what you did and what worked out well. Uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So we'll move into some shout outs. So I've got a uh, shout out here again, uh, same as last week for the uh, Simcoe Preparedness and Resili- Resiliency Community on uh, Facebook. It's a Facebook group I'm a member of. Uh, we had a meeting last week. It uh, was very, uh, very well put on, lots of attendance, uh, lots of good topics covered off. So it was uh, just another quick shout out to them. I'll finish updating this uh, show. I'll shout out to my, uh, my better half who has uh, has come around significantly towards the concept of being better prepared. Um, we started watching the uh, um, disaster. Um, what was the show? The, there's a season on Netflix. Um, disaster, disaster preparedness. Uh, the end of the world show. The end of the world, folks. Anyways, from National Geographic, um, and we made a lot of fun of them, but also took some of the lessons from it. And she's on board being being well prepared for the average emergency. So um, she 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 thinks I'm less crazy than than she thought of before. Well, there you go. Uh, keeping with the family spirit, I guess. I'm going to give a little shout out to both my daughters, who are actually both listeners. Uh, I think probably of the seven subscriptions we have, that's probably two of them. But anyway, <laughs> they, uh, they did show extreme agency uh, in not wanting to wait for others to help them because they were kind of moaning about getting a phone and moaning about getting ready for university and everything else. And I said, well, what are you going to do about that? Because, you know, you shouldn't really wait for other people to pay for your stuff. And so uh, at ages 14 and 15, they both went out and they've already got summer jobs lined up which I was actually really impressed because I didn't push that or anything. So they just, uh, they did something for self-reliance. So that was definitely a personification of that one. Oh, nice. That's great. Uh, uh, fantastic to be, uh, to be showing that level of resiliency at the, at, at such a, a, an early age. Well, and actually it was even more surprised because it wasn't like it was just like a McDonald's job. They actually went out and got, you know, kind of skill building jobs. I was like, wow, okay. That's, that's Excellent. really impressive. So, um, yeah, that a good start for both of them. That's both their first full-time job will be this summer. So fantastic. Awesome. Right, so we'll move into uh, some listener email. We've got a couple of emails since our uh, our last episode. Uh, so we've got one from Terry Blackmore. Uh, it says, says here, excellent podcast, guys. Thanks for all your hard work. I'll definitely try out the uh, homemade Berkey. Uh, regarding the podcast challenge, we always have a, an inventory of bleach on hand as well as coffee filters. I always carry a few coffee filters in my various bags. I also carry a means to boil water, water purification tablets, and a life straw. Redundancy is key. Uh, I'll pick up some pool shock. It's a good idea. Thanks very much for the book shout out, Eric. Appreciate your support. So again, if you haven't uh, seen this book, make sure you uh, pick up a copy of it. And we've got one here from uh, the Torque Master. It says, uh, hello, fellows. 
Uh, I'm just going to move my screen here so I can see it a little better. So I'm uh, sitting here with my close friend, the Sasquatch research scientist. Uh, <laughs> our, 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 our favorite fan. Our favorite fan. Uh, enjoying your latest podcast on hams. Once again, another super podcast. Uh, and so we've got uh, regarding this week's prepper challenge, the two of us communicate regularly using uh, an aging pair of Motorola FRS radios. We do need to upgrade. Regrettably, government cutbacks have reduced our Sasquatch research activities to uh, voluntary part time only, and we simply cannot afford the new comms. Such is life. Uh, for the record, the scientist wants to assure you he has played no part in holding back the iTunes reviews of your most excellent podcast. Keep up the great work and soldier on. <laughs> well, if these, I'll actually donate a tranquilizer gun to them if they if they can, you know, actually tag a Sasquatch. That'd be great. Just put that, that to be once to rest, once for, for once and for all, right? And I, I do have an appropriate mug that I'm drinking out of this evening. It is a, a Yeti mug, so Sasquatch <laughs> uh, research scientist there. Very appropriate. And we've got a review on Podbean as well. Yes, I'll pull that one up. It's on the uh, the ham radio episode uh, from Torque Master as well. It says I uh, love the podcast, fellas. Ham radio is an excellent topic during rough times. Good reliable comms can be a real force multiplier. Uh, these days, we take reliable communication for granted. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work. And it's nice to feel appreciated. It's, uh, yeah, we're getting all warm and fuzzy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with what's in the Yeti mug, does it? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, maybe. Uh, so we've got uh, a review on iTunes as well. So things are picking up. This uh, section of the show is getting a little bit longer. This is good. Right on. So we've got a review from M14 Medic. That was on uh, January 22nd, uh, 2019 says it's uh, great to have a uniquely Canadian prepper podcast. Uh, whether you're a veteran prepper or just starting out, uh, the show has something for you. All the web links and tips and tricks and go-to shopping sites re uh, refer uh, to Canadian dealers, and it's a great help to find sources for stuff in Canada. Keep up the good work, fellas. Well, and actually, I'd like to say to M14 Medic as well, keep up his good work. He runs a great shop out of Regina, I believe. And um, if you want an M305 in, in Canada, which is the M14 or M1A equivalent. Uh, he is the man to talk to, uh, it seems. He does uh, very well-regarded work. Awesome. Do you have a, a website, Ian? M14medic.ca, I believe. I just uh, I interned that in a second here. I'll get right oh, back perfect. to you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll throw it in the show notes if anybody wants to check it out, for sure. Yeah. Uh, check out his website. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, and let's see. So I guess uh, with that, I'll bring episode number 11 of the uh, Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, where can people find the show? You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please take a few minutes, submit a review. Helps people find us. Helps us know that we're doing all great, great work. You can also find us at PrepperPodcast.ca. YouTube live shows are now available. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Island Retreat. Click the notifications tab. That gives you the alert when we are going live. All right. If you want to contact Ian directly, you can reach me at uh, theislandretreat at gmail.com. I'd love to answer questions specific to Western Canada. I'm also looking forward to helping aspiring preppers take their first steps. You can also occasionally find me giving my two cents worth on the Canadian Patriot podcast, also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you'll find me ranting on the merits of a freer society, bemoaning some more government waste, never seems to end, and uh, even diving into the occasional tactically driven conversation. It is a great podcast. If you haven't checked it out, absolutely check it out. It's uh, it's worth the listen for sure. 
Uh, you can also check me out at uh, rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat while you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Of course, while you're still buying some prepper gear at Rapid Survival. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, tune in for the next episode. We're going to talk about the importance of fitness, which we kind of planned around the fact that it's uh, the end of January and everybody's fallen off the uh, New Year's resolution wagon. So thanks for joining us. Uh, tune in for the next episode, uh, which I already talked about, and I'm reading the line over. And uh, <laughs> until next time, stay prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. Keep learning.